0: Welcome Impactful Parents! It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. ...with their adolescent. I offer parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching and if that wasn't enough i bring experts in on other fields onto the impactful parent stage to teach you even more and today i have a special guest her name is Catherine reed and Catherine holds a phd in developmental psychology she homeschooled her two daughters from kindergarten through 11th grade using the waldorf curriculum and after the pandemic Catherine wrote a book called The Genius of Home to help parents who are considering the homeschooling journey for their families. I'm happy to have Catherine on the show today to talk about strategies parents can use for educating their kids themselves, whether you are new to the homeschooling space or need some new ideas for a veteran homeschooler. So thank you for being here today, Catherine.
1: Nice to be here.
0: Thank you. Let's start off with explain to me what the Waldorf method is and what is the difference between traditional schooling, other methods of homeschooling and the Waldorf? I do talk about at the very beginning
1: of the book, I think I talk about different um, ideas about what education is. So there is an idea and this is what we would call maybe the more traditional idea that the child is basically kind of a blank slate. They don't know that much. They are new. They're just at a beginning, et cetera. And the adults are somehow giving them something. So there's going to be something kind of like put into them from the outside. This quote, knowledge, right? So it's facts. It's, you know, just knowledge. And somehow the adults put that into them. They're, reta- they're, they're containers. They're, they're receivers for that. Um, And then there's a different idea about education, which is that there's something in the child already that just hasn't developed yet, but it's on the way. And the teacher and the adults, whatever, their role is to kind of foster that, kind of draw it out. That's what the word education means in Latin. It means to draw forth. So that means that it's the opposite of a blank slate child is not empty. It's not an empty container that needs to be things put in. There's something there that needs to develop, but it needs help to do that. And Waldorf is an approach to children and child development and teaching that's based on that second one. So it's a question of understanding kind of what the child's level of consciousness is at any one point, not just not just what they know, but how they're actually experiencing the whole world. There's different ways at different at different ages. So, another part of it is that the child is not just a little adult. The child is not just a little adult who you know just doesn't know anything yet. So that's the kind of broad answer to your question.
0: And how would you say uh, the Waldorf method? is best for which type of kid so Uh, we have lots of different kinds of kids out there and i'm sure it's not for everybody so who's a good fit
1: that's a good question this the the method was developed you know like in the early 1900s in europe and it's spread all around the world in schools but as a homeschooling method it's relatively new but they're small private schools is what they are they're small private schools so very small classes Um, in the Waldorf school, the, uh, first eight grades, the children have the same teacher. So the same teacher is teaching first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. They have to know the material for all those, all those ages. And the children have that consistency of the adult who's teaching over all those ages. Homeschool, then it becomes more wide open. It's, it's, you know, every home is a slightly different school. And you're basically, the, I, there's one thing I want to say about the curriculum in the beginning, which is that it doesn't specify the exact content that the teacher would use. It just gives the the basic topics. So the basic topics, and I go over this in the book, the basic top, I do it grade by grade. The basic topics for first grade is you, you uh, have the fairy tales as the stories, you have nature stories. So they're hearing about nature in the story form they learn about the alphabet and they learn about numbers so adding and subtracting and so that is the material for first grade by the time you get to 8th grade you know it's the american revolution that's the history and it's algebra and whatever i mean you have the same teacher for that whole that whole time period in the homeschool you can do the same thing you can use the same curriculum. You, the teacher, are deciding exactly what content to give in those different categories. And that's true in the school and that's true at home. So you can be very aware of what your children are interested in, what they, how they respond to something. You're, you're in it with them in the moment. And the other thing about homeschool is you hear what they have to say after school and you know how it's related to school. You know, you're sitting at the dinner table and they make an observation. You go, they got the lesson. And if you're not that, you know, you have those two things. You're the teacher and the parent. If you don't have that together, you don't quite see, you know, the connections that they're making. It's very individual child tuned, I'd say.
0: Would you say that it's individual child tuned, whether you're doing it at home or you choose to enroll your child in a Waldorf school?
1: I think it's just more individually tuned at home just because there are fewer students. And because the parent is also the teacher, you know, you can, I talk about this in the book sometimes too, that, you know, they're, that the parent slash teacher knows the child in a way that neither of them do by themselves. So I would say it's, you can tune it more finely when you're teaching at home, but it's very, it's pretty finely tuned in the schools too. the experience I've had.
0: So can you give me an example of how we could, potentially get your book look at it and then make lessons our own how do we individualize them yeah that's a good question that's a very good question
1: and i actually have that's what that's a chapter that's a chapter making the lessons your own and and it talks about the fit between the parent and the child and whether there are other children you know in the homeschool i had two and they were 3 years apart so I was teaching kindergarten, first grade, second grade with the younger one, just kind of tagging along or eventually being in kindergarten herself. And it's, it's a balancing act. You know, you have to decide what does the younger child need? What does the older child need? And the other thing I would say about, about making the lessons your own is it really depends on your own family. It depends on your own family and your family life, how you have the rhythm of the day, when you want to school, which days of the week you want to school. That's all up to you. That's all up to you. Making a regular rhythm is very important, but the actual rhythm is up to the parent and they can use their own you know, understanding of their family for how to how to do it. The school is as individual as the family is.
0: I want parents to really get an idea of what Waldorf feels like, whether Mm -hmm. you're homeschooling your child now and just looking for a different Mm -hmm. method or -hmm. just considering homeschooling your kid and figuring Mm -hmm. out what kind of Mm -hmm. curriculum do I want to do this Mm -hmm. coming year? Mm -hmm. So can you Mm -hmm. walk me through, let's say a typical day or possibly even a week of what this looks like in the home?
1: Yeah, I can, I can tell you how we did it. We had other people who, other families who were doing Waldorf homeschooling that we worked with. So we didn't teach each other's children the, the academic work, but we did plays together. We did seasonal festivals together. The parents, you know, sometimes we're studying together, background material. So there's uh, this larger context that everybody can work together. And then you have to, you know, you're working together so that you know that on, on these days you can be together as a group, on these days you're at home doing your school. So there's that context, there's that wider context. I decided that the first day of the school week, so the school week is going to be Monday through Friday. This is how I'm setting up a rhythm because the rhythm is very, very important in nature. And I'm pretty much turning them loose. They get to do what they want. I'm not teaching them. I'm not even talking to them. I'm just kind of staying back and letting them do what they want. And I'd bring a snack and we'd have you know, something to eat or we'd come back in and have something to eat and then we'd read books. So that's Monday. And then Friday is also out of the house, but it's more like lessons. So, you know, uh, sports, participating in sports, horseback riding, things like that, or music lessons, lessons with other people. That's what Friday was. So in between is the three academic days that we're at home. And those those outer days kind of support those three inner days where you're concentrating, you're at home, and you're working on stuff. Then we would have main lesson in the morning and lunch, and handwork or artwork in the afternoon, three days in a row. And in the Waldorf curriculum, the main lesson means you're teaching one topic at a time. You teach one topic at a time, and you do it for three or four weeks. So every day in the morning in the main lesson, they're getting that same topic. They're getting that same topic for three weeks. So it's done in blocks. Other schools do things in blocks. That's not just, you know, Waldorf is not the only one who does that. But Waldorf always does that. The topic is in a block. You're not mixing them up. And then they have recess. They have, you know, free time outdoors. So that's the school week. And I'll tell you, I pretty much maintained that through 10th grade. I mean, it's very healthy. It's very health, you know, supportive to just be out in nature, even if the weather's bad. I mean, by the time it was 10th grade, they were doing, you know, uh, botany drawings as part of what they were doing out there, but that wasn't all of it. Mm -hmm. And and they had three days a week of academic work. Now, can I say something about what happened after the school? Of course. <laughs> Just to kind of because you know because they're further along now, my daughters, uh, they're not you know school children anymore. walter curriculum goes through twelfth grade, so it goes kindergarten through twelfth grade. It's set up. You you can find out the topics. You can find out a lot of you know supportive examples, basically, um, and. They both decided that they wanted to go into an institutional school for the last year, for 12th grade. So the older one went to a small prep school that was near our house. The younger one went to actually a Waldorf school where she went and lived with another family. And then they both went to college. Uh, The older one in biology, the younger one in psychology and German. The older one then went to vet school at Cornell. So she's a vet now. And the younger one just finished her second master's degree in counseling. So she's a counselor. They both went in this kind of clinical direction, but they both had, you know, Waldorf homeschool as the starting point.
0: Congratulations, Mama! They sound very successful. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm proud of them. I have to say, I get to brag on them. Of course you do. Yes, you do. That is our rights as parents. We need those because it right. is a long haul. So that's right.
1: It is a long haul. But I I, I kind of want to bring it back to the beginning. I think they're doing what they feel that they are meant to do. That's awesome. And that's a major thing for me as a parent that 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 could happen.
0: I'd like to address social stuff because a lot of parents who are considering the homeschooling method, there is excitement and concerns about isolating your child in a homeschooling environment. So how does Waldorf support socialization?
1: Well, Waldorf is very focused. The Waldorf in the schools is very focused on um, group uh, cohesion, group uh, interaction, and, you know, what forms up when you have a group of people and how the teacher can work with the whole group, the students as a group. So, you know, some of them are kind of forceful and you know they're leaders and some of them are very quiet and they have to be you know they hold back and and you have to the teacher part of their art part of the art of teaching there is to kind of try to balance these things and you know do what's the best for each so that they don't become too one-sided right the styles of the children and I would say it's basically the same at home. I mean, it's just the same. You, you have the group of people you're working with in your family and you have the groups, uh, the, the larger group. I, I don't know of any homeschooling family that's just their family. Uh, you know, it's, it's always, they're part of a larger community. They're always part of a larger community. And sometimes that community is a group of homeschooling families. And in that case, it's, it's very similar to a school in the sense that the adults are coordinating with each other. You know, we're, we're trading. I used to give little workshops because my daughter was the oldest in the group. I was ahead in what I had prepared for the years. And I would, I would take teacher, like not teacher training, but teacher. Um, uh Oh, you know, like you take a course to just. Um, increase your knowledge about that particular grade. So they would they would offer those courses for a year for a week in the summertime. And I would take those courses and I would teach the grade. Then the next year, the group in our group, there are several parents coming up who haven't taught that grade yet. So I just give a little workshop in the summer just before school starts and I pass on the materials and I pass on the ideas and, you know, and they they start teaching that grade. And then we talk as the as the year goes on. Well, what about this? You know, how is this? You know, I don't know what to do about this. So it's the parents become like colleagues, you know, they become like teaching colleagues. And then the the children were together in groups, not for the academic part, but for the social part, you know, for the plays. We did two plays every year. We did a play for each of my daughters every year and the other families did plays for their children. So we were either in the play with those people, both the adults and the children, or we were in the audience and you know, Putting on a play is a big deal. By the time we were in high school, we were putting on Shakespeare plays. And that's a lot of work. I mean, you're working together for months before you actually put on the play. And, you know, there's a lot involved in the social work of putting a play together and putting it on in a moment when it has to be just right at that moment. And it's, yeah, there's some interesting challenges. The same thing brings out, like, who's going to be the leader? My younger daughter is not the leading kind. But when the older one was gone, she was the oldest then she became the oldest in the group and she was called on to do some things that she would not have just, you know, volunteered to do. And I think it was good for her.
0: I got an important question for you. Now we talked about how Waldorf might be a good fit for a particular kid. What about a particular parent? Because if you have a parent who's thinking about homeschooling, I'd like to get your perspective, your advice on what kind of parent, what kind of qualities does this parent need to have and be ready for if they're going to pursue the homeschooling option and more specifically, a Waldorf curriculum.
1: I think the parent who would want to do Waldorf would already be thinking that the child is, is kind of, the child kind of comes first. You know, there's a parenting, there's a style of parenting that says uh, the adults come first and the child fits in. That's that's a style. And there's another style which says the child comes first and it's the adult's responsibility to, you know, support them, give them what they need at any one age. And the other thing is it really does require a certain amount of self-discipline. (laughs) If you have to have self-discipline to have a regular rhythm to what you do because the adult does not always get to do what they want to do at the moment. You know, maybe I didn't want to go out on that nature day either, but we did it. (laughs) And maybe I don't want to study this lesson at night. So I'm ready for the next morning, but I have to do it. And I do it. I mean, the discipline came from really deciding that I was going to be open to what was best for the children. And then you do get inspiration. You do get inspiration and you do get, you just get the feeling that the children are happy and healthy and not being worn down by anything that they're being lifted up, you know, held up, lifted up. You look at their cheeks and their cheeks are rosy. Their cheeks are rosy after a lesson. They don't have a drained white face, you know, (laughs) They haven't been stressed or worked over or something by what you're doing in school. That's what you look for, that they have rosy cheeks and they're still engaged. They still are interested.
0: Would you say then that it's fair to describe a Waldorf parent as a parent that's more focused on the creativity part of academics versus the, let's say, Multiplication tables and you know not rote knowledge of certain um, aspects. Um, would that be a fair statement?
1: That's a good question. That is a that is an interesting observation because you're bringing you're bringing aesthetics and art into it, and that is a core aspect of the Waldorf curriculum. That everything that's done is done in an artful way. So that means the whole classroom is set up in a way that's pleasant and beautiful. And when you're giving your lessons, there's a kind of um, awareness of the creative aspect of it. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's part of not being told exactly what to do in each of these topics. The teacher is creating their own lesson. They are creating their own lesson. So the creativity starts right there. And then, you know, they're doing it in conjunction with their child and they're watching how the child takes it. And the child taking it up is also a creative process. So exactly. You're not just rote learning anything. There's no rote learning of anything. I, you know, I have a PhD. I went to graduate school at UCLA. I've taught at major universities. I know what it's like to, to do something intellectual and to do something, you know, just based on, on thinking and knowledge. And this made me, it, this made me develop and, think and work in completely new ways, because you want that information or that content or that ability to get across to children, but not in any kind of mechanical way.
0: To me, it's so much it more living a lot like a classroom without walls and it really supports creativity from what I know of Waldorf and just yeah. um, really focusing on what are the child's interest and really supporting them and not to say that the other type of education where you're sitting down and you got to memorize and that, I mean, there is a place for that in the world too, for other people. And it certainly has its, you know, value. However, if you're looking at this, I feel like you need to be a parent that's just willing to kind of go with the flow, but still have a lot of structure and discipline, self-discipline for yourself to make sure yeah. that things are very routine in your yeah. homeschooling environment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess there's, um it's, I just would like to get a point off to the audience that it's, it it is not for everybody, but it can be for you if yes. you are willing to have this type of mindset and discipline. Yes.
1: Yes. I agree. I agree. I mean, for example, as far as the, you know, academic work goes, you don't use any textbooks. Even in high school, there are no textbooks. The teacher is giving the material, how simple or complex it is. The teacher gives it. And the students work with it. They write it down. They read, uh, you know, there's uh, of course there's reading. <laughs> I mean, there's reading. There's just not textbooks. So they read more basic sources actually. And and then they write their own. They write their own. They make their own book, even starting in first grade and all the way through 12th grade. They're making their own book for each academic topic that they work on. So they're creating, <laughs> they're creating the book e- even from the beginning.
0: It sounds awesome. Now I'd like to get into your book and how does your book support parents who are looking into doing this? Well, I tried
1: to, this book, I tried to, uh, should I hold it up? Yes, please. Yeah. So for those of you Here who are
0: watching the video. Yeah.
1: Here's the book. It's and called the so, Genius of Home. Right. The Genius of Home teaching your children at home with the Waldorf curriculum. And then it says a family's path of homeschooling from kindergarten through high school, grade 11. And what I'm trying to do in the book is I'm trying to combine two different things. It's partly memoir because I'm talking about our particular school and I'm remembering things that happened. When I was teaching, I always always wrote notes. I took notes. And when I made my lessons, I had them in a book. Um, you know, just a bound book of blank paper. So I'm writing the lessons and then I'll go back and say, Oh, you know, she said this, or here's her, here's her comment. You know, I wrote that down. So that's why I could go back all these years later. I mean, really so many years later and still be able to write it. So, because I could bring the memories back. So it is memoir. It is a remembering of what we did. And part of it is organized by time so, you know, I start when they're young and it gets it goes through when they are older. But I also was hoping that I could include enough in the book of the content and the way of working that people who are doing it separately from me independently could still get some ideas. And that's why I want to do these podcasts, because I just want people to find out about the book in case they get any ideas from it. That, you know, that's the idea. I mean, the originator of the curriculum is Rudolf Steiner, and he gave many lectures to teachers when, those, when the first school started in the early uh, 1900s. And they were talking about topics that are just as, you know, relevant now as they were then. Everybody has to figure out how they're going to teach these things. And he had a lot to say. So I try to include as many as I can of quotes or references to, you know, his lectures or his writings that would be relevant so that if somebody wants to go further from this book, if they want to, you know, find more material and find more uh, of the basis of the curriculum, they would be able to do that.
0: That's awesome. If people are resonating with everything that you're saying, where can they find this book and can they reach out to you?
1: Oh, definitely. There's a website for the book. So it's the genius and there's an email as part of that website. So they can contact me directly anytime. And uh, the there are links on the website for where to buy it. It was published by Steiner Books. So it's sold by Steiner Books. But it's also on Amazon and several other, you know, booksellers. So it's easy to get. And you can get to me just through the website.
0: I hope today's episode brought value to your day. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and it's full of episodes just like this one to help you in your parenting journey. So carry help and tips and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to them when you need it most. It is a free parenting resource. So go check it out. It's (laughs) You've got nothing to lose go to your app store whether you have an android phone or an apple phone it doesn't matter go to the app store put in the little search impactful parent and i should be there or you can go to the ImpactfulParent.com, check out the link there and all the other things i have to offer but until next time you got this parents i'm just here to help thank you for listening today remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today, so go to theimpactfulparent.com. And see you next episode.